The third of four readings in this episode from chapter 20 is verses 7 through 10. Now when the thousand years have expired, Satan will be released from his prison and will go out to deceive the nations which are in the four corners of the earth, Gog and Magog, to gather them together to battle, whose number is as the sand of the sea. They went up on the breadth of the earth and surrounded the camp of the saints and the beloved city, and fire came down from God out of heaven and devoured them. The devil who deceived them was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone, where the beast and the false prophet are, and they will be tormented day and night for ever and ever. In verses 7 through 10, St. John returns to a theme he began in verses 2, 3, and 5. We learn that at the end of the church age, Satan will be loosed from his binding in, quote, his prison, unquote, meaning the bottomless pit, and be free for a limited time to walk the four corners of the earth seeking supporters whom he will once again deceive. Another strong theme in the verses from Revelation 20, verse 3 and 20, verse 10, is the image of Satan as a deceiver. St. John, having made the connection between Satan and the serpent, is here alluding to the serpent's deceit of Adam and Eve. Eve directly, Adam indirectly in paradise, recounted in Genesis 3, verses 1 to 23, and discussed earlier in this episode, and Satan's manipulation of Job, which is the story of nearly the whole book of Job. A New Testament precedent is St. Paul's warning to the Corinthians that Satan, quote, blinds the faithful to his true purpose and lures them into sin, from 2 Corinthians 4, verse 4. In Christian theology, the power of binding and loosing refers to the powers granted to the apostles and their successors, the clergy, by Jesus to forgive sins. And I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. That's Matthew 16, verse 19. St. John was present in the upper room when Jesus made a similar statement in John 20, verses 21 to 23. The Old Testament precedent for Gog and Magog in verse 8 is Ezekiel 32 and 33 an account of the mysterious ruler Gog and his territory Magog. The likely meaning is all future enemies who band together to oppose the new Israel, which is the church. St. John develops this theme more extensively in chapter 21. These forces who will gather together are said to be as plentiful as the grains of sand in the sea, implying unmeasurable numbers, an Old Testament allusion to Jeremiah 33 verse 22 
as the host of heaven, the Sabaoth, cannot be numbered, nor the sand of the sea measured, so will I multiply the descendants of David my servant. The same concept is found in 1 Samuel 13.5 and 2 Samuel 17.11 and other books of the Old Testament. They will attack, quote, the camp of the saints and the beloved city. St. Augustine of Hippo wrote that the camp of the saints, quote, is nothing else than the church of Christ extending over the whole world. And consequently, wherever the church shall be, and it shall be in all nations, as is signified by the breadth of the earth. If you would like to read more of St. Augustine's discourse on this part of Revelation, you can find the complete text in Nicene and Post-Nicene Fathers, First Series, Volume 2, pages 426 to 437, under the title, What is Written in the Revelation of St. John Regarding the Two Resurrections and the Thousand Years and what may reasonably be held on these points. St. John assures in verse 9 and 10 that these forces will be destroyed by fire, quote, from God out of heaven. The Old Testament precedent, as with the allusion to Gog and Magog, is the destruction of the armies of Gog in Ezekiel 38, verse 22b, I will rain down on him, meaning Gog, and on his troops, and on the many peoples who are with him, flooding rain, great hailstones, fire, and brimstone. This event is likely the same warfare in heaven already discussed in Revelation 16, verses 12 to 16, which I discussed in episode 21, and Revelation 19, verses 14 to 21, which were discussed in episode 25. In verse 10, the devil, the beast, and the false prophet are cast for a final time into the lake of fire where they will be, quote, tormented day and night. The image of constant torment has an Old Testament precedent in the final verse of Isaiah 66. Their worm does not die and their fire is not quenched, from Isaiah 66:24 the same verse which may have inspired St. John's description of the New Jerusalem in Revelation 21. The New Testament precedents are the description of the fate of the followers of the beast inflicted by the third angel in Revelation 14, verses 10 and 11, and Mark 9, 43-48, in which Jesus quoted this same verse from Isaiah 66, 24, three separate times. The fourth and final reading from chapter 20 is verses 11 through 15. The illustration is the last judgment from the Bamberg Apocalypse. Used in full size on page 171 of the companion bookstore publication, Revelation, an Idealist Interpretation. Then I saw a great white throne, and him who sat on it, from whose face the earth and the heaven fled away, and there was found no place for them. And I saw the dead, small and great, standing before God, and books were open. 
and another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged according to their works by the things which were written in the books. The sea gave up the dead who were in it, and death and Hades delivered up the dead who were in them, and they were judged each one according to his works. Then death and Hades were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death, and anyone not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. The Old Testament precedent for the great white throne in verse 11 is the Ancient of Days vision in Daniel 7 verse 9, first discussed in episode 4 in the context of John's initial vision in Revelation 1 verse 14. Nearly everywhere else in Scripture except Isaiah 6 1, references to the one who sits on the throne refer to Jesus. Here it refers to God the Father. Many icons depict both Jesus and God the Father seated side by side on thrones with Jesus at the Father's right hand. What is described in these final verses of Revelation 20 is the general judgment in which the unrighteous have no place, or as it says in verse 11b, from whose face the earth and heaven fled away. The dead will be summoned up from the sea and from death and Hades, meaning from the Hebrew Sheol or the abyss or the bottomless pit or the Greek abyssos. For the rest of this sequence, the illustration is an illumination, the last judgment in colors and gold on parchment from the Abingdon Apocalypse produced in southern England, likely around London in the third quarter of the 13th century from the collection of the British Library, London, England. They are separated into two groups. The first is the righteous, whose names are found in the book of life based on the references by Moses to being blotted out of God's book in Exodus 32, verses 32 and 33, and words spoken by Jesus concerning names written in heaven in Luke 10, verse 20. In Revelation 3, 5, the letter to the church at Sardis, discussed in episode 6, Revelation 13, 9, the reference to the book of life of the Lamb, discussed in episode 18, and Revelation 17, 8, the book that has existed since, quote, the foundation of the world, discussed in episode 19. The second group is the unrighteous, or wicked in the King James Version, who are judged, quote, according to their works. In verse 15, St. John says that all those not written in the book of life will be cast into the lake of fire. Later, in Revelation 21, verse 27, he will add to that, saying that only those whose names are written in this book will be allowed to enter the New Jerusalem. An Old Testament precedent is Psalm 1, the so-called two-ways psalm in which the world is divided into two groups, the righteous and the ungodly, and a promise is made to both, and which also includes the first beatitude in the book of Psalms. Here is verses 1, 2, and 7 of Psalm 1. 
Blessed is the man that hath not walked in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stood in the way of sinners, and hath not sat in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law will he exercise himself day and night. But the Lord knoweth the way of the righteous, and the way of the ungodly shall perish. Another small detail is another reference to the great and small among the dead. As I noted in episode 24, mentioning previous uses of the phrase in Revelation 1118, 14 15:4, and 19:18, St. John is referring to the universality of judgment being applied not just to the socially, politically, and economically lowly, but also to the rich and the powerful in all aspects of society, and not to large and small furry creatures in the manner made popular in the Victoria era by Cecil Francis Alexander's hymn, All Things Bright and Beautiful, published in 1848. After the general judgment, according to verse 14, after the judgment of all, death and Hades itself are tossed into the lake of fire. St. John further develops the theme that the combination of death and Hades would no longer be needed in the new creation, which is described in detail in Revelation chapter 21. St. Paul refers for the second time in chapter 20 to the second death, which was first mentioned in Revelation 2, verse 11, the letter to the church at Smyrna. Thank you for joining me for both parts of episode 26 of Revelation, an Idealist Interpretation. Next time in episode 27, the focus is on chapter 21, a new heaven and a new earth. Other AIC resources for topics discussed in this episode include from the AIC Bible Study video series New Testament Gospels, Jesus' references to concepts of time in the Gospel of John are discussed in episode 42 and episode 43. From the AIC Christian Education video series The Lives of the Saints, Second series, St. Augustine, whose feast day is August 28th, is the focus of episode 20. From the AIC Christian Education video series, The Nicene Creed, the addition of the phrase, whose kingdom shall have no end, is discussed in episode 6. From the AIC bookstore publications, in the companion book to the series, Revelation, an Idealist Interpretation, chapter 19 includes commentary on the text of verses 11 to 21, plus a full-size, high-resolution illumination in temper and gold on parchment of binding and loosing of the beast on page 164, and The Last Judgment on page 171, both from the Bamberg Apocalypse. The book includes 51 illustrations from the Bamberg Manuscript. My primer on numerology and revelation is found on pages 7 to 11, 
and the special text box, small and great in Revelation, is printed on page 152. From the writing prophets of the Old Testament, of the major prophets mentioned in part two of the book, Jeremiah is the subject of chapter two, pages 21 to 28, Ezekiel of chapter three, pages 29 to 36, and Daniel of chapter 4, pages 37 to 58. From the layman's lexicon, key words or phrases of interest are angels slash archangels, blessed slash blessedness, Hades, heaven, judgment, numerology, millennial slash millennialist, pantocrator, paradise, powers, Sabaoth, Satan, and YHWH. Finally, from the prayer book Psalter, history text and commentary, Psalm 1, a psalm of David, also known as the Two Ways Psalm, a lesson on the meaning of the word blessed, is printed and discussed on pages 1 and 2. The key to accessing everything produced by the Anglican Internet Church is available at www.anglicaninternetchurch.net where we've made it easier for you to learn about Christian education, doctrine, worship, and study using your preferred way of learning. You can watch our Bible study, Christian education, and seasonal video series using the links on either the digital library or Bible study pages. If you prefer listening, you can listen to the podcast versions of any of our videos using the links on the podcast archive page or to our podcast homilies for all the Sundays in the 1928 Book of Common Prayer using the links on the podcast homilies page. If you prefer written works, you can access any of the 17 AIC bookstore publications, all but one available in both paperback and Kindle editions, using the virtual bookstore link at the bottom of the homepage, or directly using my Amazon Author Central page, https colon right slash right slash www.amazon.com right slash author right slash Ronald hyphen E hyphen Shibley. Everything after dot com must be in lowercase letters. I also invite you to subscribe to my blog page at www Anglican Internet Church accessible through the Father Ron's blog tab at the top or the bottom of any page on the site. By clicking the follow Anglican Internet Church legend you'll be invited to register your email address, and receive notice of all new postings. Please be assured that we do not share subscriber information with any other organization, and you can ask for the removal of your address at any time. Until next time, may the Lord bless and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be merciful to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen. Glory be to God for all things. Amen. This program has been a presentation of the Anglican Internet Church. 
We invite you to visit our website and make use of its resources at www.anglicaninternetchurch.net.